All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Japa Machinery. Check them out online. All your heavy-duty machinery needs, you know Japa has you covered. They're on Instagram at Japa underscore machinery online, JapaMachinery.com. They have some great pictures up right now on their Insta with some XE360 excavators, which are slated to uh, to hit the CGL before the snow flies. Head to the CGL before the snow flies. I think I probably butchered that, but as you know, I'm not good at saying the names of machines. Bringing in uh, Jay. Bag Milk's here as well, and it's the return of Chalmers for the first time in, I, it feels like a year, but he's back from his one and done. How are you, Chalmers? I'm good, boys. I'm good. I'm glad to be back. I've been missing it, man. Do you have details on where you were, what you were doing? Yeah, I mean, I, it was basically, uh, I was gone for the month of August, and for three of those weeks, I was in Victoria, and I was working. I was on a work trip, and so I was doing... Um, I was doing work, man. I was building a building in Victoria on the island. Never been there before. Thought maybe I'd get time to see the sights, but ended up putting in like 12-hour days, and all I got to do was play Bear Mountain one time. And how was it, though? Uh, it's the most amazing golf course I've ever played. It's, yeah. uh, it's incredible. I've never seen anything like it. Like The way that they just carved it into the hills, into the trees, and uh, I don't know. It's beautiful. Like, it's just absolutely beautiful. I was so damn tired. I was playing in my sandals. I couldn't even put my shoes on. I didn't even want to put my shoes on. But, uh, yeah, it was great. And what the funny, the funniest part about it was they were filming a movie there while we, while we were there. So were you and in so, the movie? No. Oh. A guy asked me if I wanted to be, though, oh. but I had to do one thing, and I wasn't going to do it. Um, basically, yeah, we, we rolled in, and we see – well, I'll tell you. So – I, I go in there and there's all these food and entertainment trucks. There's people running around everywhere. It's like insane. It's so busy. And I see a lot of people dressed up in purple camel and they all have like, you know, purple camel. They look like a dance team and they all have Santa hats on. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And they were filming a Christmas in July movie for the Hallmark network. And it was like a dance 
Christmas movie. And I was like, oh, you, I got to be in this. I know how to dance. And the guy goes, you can be in the movie tomorrow if you show me that you can twerk. And I said, absolutely not. And I went and got my drink. And that was all the conversation we had to have. So, ah, come on. That was your shot, Charles. I, that I was mean, my the, shot. The Hallmark Channel wasn't ready for your jelly. Kate, no, they, it wasn't. And I honestly, I don't think I could pull off purple camel the way these guys did. Like bright <laughs> purple camel pants and like just uh, sleeveless, tight, tight purple and he's like, we're going to have a bunch of people doing it. And I'm like, oh. absolutely not. Do you know what the funny thing is, is? I've tried a lot of dance moves in my life. Ones that I'm good at, ones that I'm not good at. But I always want to give them a try just to see how they feel. Uh-huh. That is one I've never even tried. My very first time ever trying it would have been that moment. And I just, I did not have enough liquid courage in me at the moment to try it. Oh, just think of the content, though. If we had gotten video of you fucking shaking it around in some purple camo, that's a way of life, my friend. It would have been know. the Hallmark Channel's best interest to have you on there so we could talk about it. Absolutely. It probably would have. And Chalmers, Chalmers is a very good dancer, and, and he's, his Carlton dance is like Carlton from <laughs> uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. If you would have done that dance, I guarantee you they would have made a spot on the movie for you to do that dance in the purple camo. I should have done it. You know, I just wasn't You should have just like, done it. Shoot your shot. Should, Doesn't have to do the right shot. I didn't even think. That was the problem. You know, I was so tired, and I just hadn't had a drink yet. One, a couple drinks in, and I guarantee I would have pulled out, like, my six or seven best moves and said, hey, work with these. And uh, I, just <laughs> didn't even, I just didn't even think about it, man. It was... Yeah, my Carlton's definitely my go-to dance, though. I just don't understand uh, how a movie gets to the point where there's people with purple camo and Santa hats. Like, what's the plot line that leads to this? So Sounds like, like a, a great plot line. A Santa, a, a Christmas in July dance competition. I, I, that's all I could think about. Uh, I don't, come I don't, on, you're And you just, like, walked into a bar or whatever, and this was happening? It wasn't even a bar. They were all, it looked like they were taking five. They were all sitting around drinking water um, out, like, basically in between where we parked our cars and where we would go to the pro shop. So just kind of ran into them. They weren't actually in the midst of filming. Oh, it seemed like they were all having a break. Whew, that is uh that's a <laughs> hell of a story. Like it sounds, yeah, it sounds but... just like a really bad trip to like take a corner. And then all of a sudden there's like people in purple camo and Santa hats just like <laughs> surrounding you, asking you to twerk. Oh yeah. And it I mean, it was like, it was pretty surreal. Like you could tell that, yeah. They, they didn't exactly have the security that I thought they would have because I could have walked anywhere I wanted to on that movie set. And I just, like, just to get to the pro shop, you had to go through, like, their craft services area, basically. So I was, I was like, thinking, after a couple drinks, about sixth or seventh hole, I, was, I thought about all the things that I should have done and maybe just cancel, just cancel the back nine and go, go over there and start. Just, then I would have shot my shot for sure. You you got to sold just, this trip. This this was a hell of a story. That was like literally the only thing that we did, other than go to our job site, do work on this job site, go home, drink rye every night so that I could go to sleep and watch hockey. Wow, that's depressing. Oh, it was man. We went to <laughs> okay. We went, so so we got this Airbnb for three weeks. We were figured this this job would take us three weeks, and uh, it ended up taking three weeks and three days, but. The house that we were in, immediately when we got there, this was a huge house on on Bear Mountain. It had like six bedrooms. It was awesome. But it was a dump. It was like a house as if somebody, like if it was just an Airbnb house and nobody ever took care of it. Like my one of the guys in our crew basically was showering in a shower. And on day three was like, man, is anybody else's like tub showers not draining? By the time I'm done my shower, the water's at my, at my like just below my knees. And I'm like, that's not we're getting dirty and you're showering in that. So I went and looked in his tub and it was black. It was disgusting. I don't think he would have done anything about it. So we had to go get like Drano and, and fix that. The ice maker was basically frozen over. When we sat down to watch the Oilers game, the very first night we got there, they didn't have Sportsnet. They didn't have TSN. They didn't have anything. And it oh said in the ad, cable TV included. So I immediately called them and I was like, you better order this like immediately. We were expecting to be able to watch NHL hockey, NBA basketball in our downtime. And so we got the game with like five minutes before the game. We were getting ready to just leave. And all of a sudden we checked the TV one more time and it was 
it was there, so that was a good thing. So but, um, you improved this house while you stayed there. Like you fixed the fucking drain, you got cable, all this. Not only that, I, I totally <laughs> chipped out the ice maker because Samsung ice makers, if anybody has a Samsung fridge, their ice makers, the ones that's located in the fridge part, portion of the refrigerator freezer, they ice up. They have this little, like, they don't seal properly. And so what happens is the cold air gets in there and it, like, kind of melts the ice, but then the cooling system kicks in and refreezes, becomes a block of ice. Well, this one was the worst I've ever seen. I was chipping out, like, Titanic-sized icebergs, and I ended up having to get a, a hair blower and stick it in there with the thing shut just because we needed ice every day. Like, we were drinking tons of water. We needed ice. We needed ice for our drinks. I wasn't about to spend another 500 bucks on ice, you know, over the trip because we need, like, four bags a day. So I fixed that. There was, like, electrical outlets that weren't working. The toilet in the main floor, like, wasn't working. Yeah, these people. They got how much a night did you pay for this? So if we would have gotten two hotel rooms, it would have been $189 a night per room, and we would have had to stay together in, like, a two-queen-size bed style of room. But this house, all in six bedrooms and, like, full kitchen, like, it's a house, a big house. Yeah. It was only, it was uh, $198 a night. Wow, that's so a great deal, weeks, but like, I'm not surprised that it was shit. You got what you paid for. Yeah. 4200 But it was, you know what, it was, like, it, these were, like, minor, like, mm-hmm. um, minor problems. But if it was a family of four and the dad wasn't handy... They would have, there yeah. would have been like problems. You know what I mean? Can, so can, I was, I was happy to do it. Can I just do a quick audio check? Who here is driving while recording? I am. Jay, are you? Jay, are you? Oh, and now, oh, and now, why is there that echo? Is anyone else hearing that echo out of me? I'm hearing the echo. All right. That was probably me, guys, switching over to my earbuds. Ah, there we go. Okay. See, the audio quality is already, uh, Greatly improved. So there we go. We'll keep rolling. Chalmers, I said before we started recording that uh, you were probably going to carry the show today because you'll have a lot to say. Uh, so you talked about the weird hat-wearing Santa Christmas July stuff, the broken house. Uh, anything else here? Anything else jumps off yeah. the page? Okay. So, so we try to extend our night for this Airbnb for another two. And she says, it just simply can't happen. You have, you've stayed, uh, like, we, there's other people coming to the house. So we have to find another house in Victoria for the four of us. The hotels are booked. We find <laughs> like Airbnb code is just give the person everything okay. Uh, you cut out there, so we we ended at at you found an Airbnb. Is that what I believe happened? I did. We found an Airbnb, and Airbnb like you know code is you just give the person an access code to get into the house. They come in their leisure. They leave in their leisure. It's pretty simple, you know state of events but this person wouldn't give me the code to the house she kept saying i have to meet you there but we weren't finishing work till like 8 30 9 o'clock at night so i said if you want to meet me there at nine o'clock at night fine we'll be there at nine we show up and they're there i mean they're a nice couple but he's like doing like landscaping to his front pond and she the garage door is wide open and it looks like they actually live there and i'm just kind of sketched out and so she gives us the code and then they leave and I'm just like, you know, she keeps telling, the guy comes in and shows us how to use the TV. He's, you know, his big point was make sure you point the remote at the TV. I was just like, what are we doing? It's nine o'clock at night. This is ridiculous. Um, so they finally got the hell out of there. We went to sleep. Okay, hold up, up hold up. I got to, whose audio is doing this? Because I'm about to lose it. You know, you know what's going on. Jay's walking through the cafe. I can feel it. <laughs> hey. Ah. <sighs> Okay, are we good? Are we settled in one spot to record our one hour a week podcast? I'm back. Okay. Well, one hour twice a week. Oh, yeah. I forgot we do this twice a week now. All right. So this guy tells so you that the been, TV remote been, works if you point at the TV. It's been a month and the same fucking <laughs> is happening. Nothing has changed, I see, in the world of Jade Outen. He's just way too busy yep. to sit down and just do this one thing. Hey, where have you been for the last month? I at least show but up. At, hey, at least I'm when on I'm vacation. Busy. I'm sneaking outside the bar and I'm jumping on. I'm popping in. At least when I'm not here, I don't affect it. Or when I'm busy, I don't affect everything. Thomas doesn't God. just turn on his phone and leave it on the work site. <laughs> yeah, I'll just put it next to a saw that cuts metal for the next hour while you guys try to do this. Uh, anyway, long work. story short, we show up the next night to go home. It's 9 o'clock at night. Guess who's at the house? They are. They're doing landscaping. 
we're and I, and we just pull up and we're like, what the fuck is going on? And I think in like the world of Airbnb, like the one thing you don't do is go to the house you're renting. Yeah. Don't you think that's a pretty clear cut rule? Kind of an invasion yeah. of privacy. And so, yeah, I wasn't very happy about that. But you know what? We were we were just we were to our limits. We had to get out. We needed a house, so we used that one. And then uh, and then literally we finished our work there. And 20 minutes after we finished our work, we were on the ferry, the last nine o'clock ferry over to uh, Vancouver to, to Watson. And we ended up in Abbotsford that night, had about a five hour sleep. And I met my family in Fairmont for a little vacation. And I had four days with them and then came home this Monday. That's what One and was. done. One, One and done. done. Yeah. Yeah. Got the product. I got it here. Yeah. I didn't get, I didn't get got. So evaded, evaded the authorities. Yeah. Fucking hell. Yeah. Now, would you do it a second time? Would I do that again? You know what's funny? Uh, day 21, I would have never done it again. Uh, we got home and we immediately got, uh, we had negotiated a quick payment. We immediately got the payment. And now I would do it every, I would do it four times a year. Like <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was cool, man. And it was like, it was something I had never really done before. And there was, there's challenges. But the fact is, is we all stayed really level headed. We got the job done. Um, and you know what? I mean, it kind of flew by when you're working that fast. I I don't think I'd do it to my family again. My wife, she, you know, she's a saint. She took care of everything for basically three and a half weeks and, uh, you know, leading up to school and took them on a vacation. I'm sad I missed out on the vacations. I kind of wish they wouldn't have done anything, but I'm kind of also glad that they did go on a vacation. So they weren't thinking about the fact that I wasn't there. So would I do it again? Yeah, probably. But three weeks is definitely the max I would leave. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, so that's, uh, well, that's my trip. And now, and now we can get into the fact that I never got to talk much Oilers, but when we got there, we watched that Chicago series. And boys, you guys, I only listen, I listened to some of the podcasts, yep. and I'm not going to lie to you. I don't think you guys were all hard enough on those boys. They were the only team in the first round that showed absolutely zero playoff hockey intensity. And by the time they realized it, it was way too goddamn late. And well, it was Dreisaitl, funny you say that. You get, you, go ahead. It was funny you said that, Chalmers, because we recorded an episode of the podcast, and then the next week the anger was still raging inside, so we did a take two that was much angrier mm-hmm. the following week. Oh, it was almost okay. Like, it was almost like taking a week to really soak in what happened, and then it all blew up at once. Well, here's the, here's the honest truth, Charles. I was on a golf trip that I planned well before we knew hockey was coming back. And I was feeling the effects of a five-day boys' golf trip on that Monday. So I had I had the blues going and just didn't have the energy to give uh, to that important subject of how shitty the Oilers were. So once I was recharged, I felt like we, we had a fire episode where – we let out a lot of the poison. Yeah, that's totally understandable because, like, I was I was exhausted too, and I wanted to jump on and just yell and yell and be frustrated and say all the things that I think were just absolute horse shit about the whole thing. Um, but you're right. Like, I understand how you finally get to it, and you're just like, I just don't want to, man. I'm just, like, exhausted. I don't feel like it. But when you have time to sit back and, like, think about it, and then you still see hockey going on. Like, we begged for hockey. When you look at some of the charts where the Oilers were slated to go, like, man, we deserved so much better than we got. And I tried to figure out and analyze, as I'm sure you guys have all done, and I'm probably being a broken record here, but as to why the intensity was down. And, you know, I just, the couple things I came up with was clearly no fans, but everybody's affected by no fans. But, like, for the Oilers, you're in your own city, and you're going into your own dressing room. And I don't know why they couldn't flip that switch. Did anybody come up with like a really good reason why they didn't flip the switch? No, no one really has. No, like, D- no zero. There's no reason. Chalmers, we we deserved an effort and we didn't get it. It's the definition it's, of inexcusable. It's like, it's like you said, Chalmers. It's like, yeah, okay, no fans. Okay, maybe the ice is a little beat up or whatever. But everybody's in the same boat. Everybody's playing in front of no fans. And... 
we we mentioned it I think a couple of weeks ago. I think the Oilers were one of the only teams that didn't have a scrap in their opening play in round. So like everybody was more fired up than they were and it was just endlessly disappointing. Yeah. And guys there was guys on on Chicago that were stepping up and you didn't see you didn't even see our good players playing well. Like sure our top two played well, right? But you expect that from them, just yeah. like their top two played really well. But then you had guys like Dak and they're like Bit Kub- players Kubelik absolutely up, stepping yeah. up. Kubelik stepped up, and and we didn't. And I really wanted to see something from Anthony Stew, and I just didn't. And it was so frustrating. We were begging for hockey. We were finally getting it, and that's what we were given. Yeah. Like it was just fucking horseshit. So, so Chalmers, I was mad for the entire month of August. Yeah, I, I was. So I was so bummed out after they got knocked out in the game four that I literally just left for four days and didn't talk to anybody. <laughs> That's I was the only so way to mad. It. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what, so what has this done to you guys? It's like, is anybody else in the same boat that I'm in where I like begged for sports? I wanted sports. When I heard sports was coming back, I was so excited. And now I'm not watching sports. I'm not watching really? the basketball. I could give a shit about the baseball. Like, yeah. And I'm not like, don't think I've sat down and watched 60 minutes of a hockey game, let alone maybe even 20 minutes of another game, unless I'm in a restaurant. I don't know. Am I the only one? Well, I think I think it's because during your one and done, you're working your ass off every day. So you guys probably just wanted to kick back and just do something not involving watching hockey unless it was Oilers. Like for me, I think this is, I'm probably watching the most hockey I've watched in playoffs in a long time. Like, yeah, I'm, me in, too. I'm into this Colorado Dallas series. Yep. I'm weirdly watching the Canucks series. Um, I, me and my friend who made a bunch of money off of uh, Columbus beating Toronto in the play-in series have put <laughs> big bets on Tampa and Colorado to win the cup uh, before this round started. So I, I guess betting's keeping me interested. Yeah, Chalmers, you mean, I've, I've uh, had a slow spiral into being a D-Gen now. I'm betting on all kinds of shit. Oh, yeah, I'm Chalmers, watching totally very proud. Yeah, I totally Bagmo's become, become a betting de- de- degenerate. So, Chalmers, you have to teach him the ways of football betting. It's football is right, right around the corner, and I want to hear more Bagmo's betting stories. Yeah, yeah so like, I, I you name it, buddy, I'm betting on it. So, you're betting on everything. That's fucking awesome. I, I, I see that you guys have been talking about betting yeah. a lot more. And I, and like, I think it's fantastic because betting is just the wave of the future. And not, not to mention, I guarantee I'd be, be more into the playoffs if I was betting right now. But here's why I'm not betting. And it's the most frustrating thing in the world. Um, I, had, I, I, I made a little bit of money right at the beginning of the playoffs. But I always like, we got the UFC fight while we were there. The Stipe Miocic and Daniel Cormier fight. And I like an idiot, like to put big money on fights. I don't know why they can end in a, in a one swing and I'd never learn my lesson. But for some reason, I treat them like this is a one-time thing that's not going to happen for another month. I might as well bet big. So I bet like my whole bankroll in that night. I bet it on like Sugar Shane and then he got beat up. I, uh, I, took, I took Daniel Cormier and he got beat up. So I lost my wad. And so I went to re-up and they stopped taking credit card deposits and so now it's like every site i've ever used doesn't take credit card deposits and i'm not willing to go to like the cash app and and buy bitcoin or whatever the hell they want me to do i'm not willing to go buy visa gift cards which has worked in the past but it's just an absolute rake they take like you cost seven bucks just to buy the thing and then you lose money in the in in the redeeming of it right so how are we betting these days, boys? And what's the easiest way to deposit some money in some of these things? Uh, Chalmers, well, our, our, our friends at Odd Shark is first off the site you should be going to because Odd Shark is okay. the number one source for sports gambling information. You can't place bets on Odd Shark, but you become a better better on Odd Shark, whether it's basketball, hockey, NFL, all of that. They got the Odd Shark supercomputer, which spits out predicted scores for everything. You can look at who the who the public is betting on. All of that stuff. They, they have a staff of great writers as well, one of which is Scott Hastings. He joins us every Monday now for our betting corner. Um, so first off, go to Oddshark, and they have a nice big screen there as well, as well where you can read some sportsbook reviews. 
Um, so that's yeah. that's where I'd tell you to go if you're looking to find sure. a new site. Yeah. Uh, so I went to Odd Shark Charles, and because I was looking for uh, good Stanley Cup odds, uh, winner odds, and a couple series odds, and I because of what I found on Odd Shark, I set up an account with Betway. Um, okay. Through through Odd Shark and depositing was super easy. Accept a credit card. They accept your credit card. Yeah. It's done and done. I'm gonna go there tonight because I go. got some golf. This this golf this weekend is gonna be mm. unbelievable. Yeah. So I I want to get some action on that. And now that I'm home and I have nights back, I really want to get back into the playoffs because at Boston Beach last night I watched, you know, the third period of that, that Dallas Colorado game and. I was like back, man. I, I wanted be, I wanted to have money on it, but of course I didn't because I couldn't. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking right now at some shot. First off, as you can see by the jersey I'm wearing, uh, I'm betting heavy on the Raps tonight. There's no way they go down. There's no way they go down three nothing in this series to Boston. So I'm going hard on the Raps. Also, I'm doing my research as we speak on some shot props uh, to, to maybe bet on tonight in the NHL. How about this, Kevin Hayes in his last five games played. He has had over two and a half shots in four of those games. He is paying plus 115 right now on the sportsbook I use to get over two and a half shots. Seems like an absolute fucking lock to me. Um, and also, I think I might throw a little something on the shot total in that Vegas-Vancouver game as well. Because, I mean, fuck <laughs> Vegas is almost single-handedly hitting the over in those games. For for the total <laughs> shots, man, Like they're, they pummeled them the other day and Demko somehow fought it off. God, it must be nice to have a goalie just stand on it on yeah. his head for you. Like, geez, that must be nice. So my cousin was asking me today because he likes to play daily fantasy uh, with with hockey, and he does really well. It's actually quite surprising how they how like the the way that you load up lineups. Like, he does a lot of research into it, and um, so he's asking me. He's like, "Well, so what do you think? Like, who is who, who's who's your favorite to win this whole thing?" And uh, I was like, "God." I, 142. I'm going to ask you guys because uh, you guys must have an opinion, and I didn't. So, what are we thinking? For who's going to win the cup? Yeah, like who's your favorite in the East and the West? Who's coming out? Who Tampa's looks like they're Destin. catching lightning in a bottle right now? Like hot goalie, all the cliches. Yeah, so Tampa's like, destined. They got through their woes. They're destined. It's it's just put it fucking take it take it to the bank. Tampa is right now plus 175 to win the cup. They're the clear favorites. Minus 200 to win the East, which is just an insane line as well. But I think they shouldn't have an issue with the Islanders or Philly. Like, that should be a pretty easy series for them. So I honestly think Tampa at plus 175, like, that's not great value for a team that still has to win eight games to win the cup. So I don't know if I bet on it, but I probably find a way somewhere to bet on them in the next couple series here because I think Tampa can do it. But I will say this as well. They got to get through this game seven, and Vegas is tough too. But if Colorado gets Grubauer back, or if Frank Hughes gets healthy again and can step up, Colorado one of Colorado or Dallas. Colorado seven to one. Dallas is nine to one. I don't mind either of those as bets. I got. I thought Dallas, uh, I thought Dallas I got, was like super hot recently, but then they like, were. They're on the verge here. Well, it's they are. Seven, but now. the thing is, is Colorado that series is so weird because. Colorado just had like a couple brain farts where like Dallas just scored like three goals all of a sudden on them like a few times where outside of those like situations, Colorado was dominating the play. Uh, I, I just, I still think Colorado pulls that, uh, pulls it off just because I think McKinnon's just determined and Hutchinson's playing good enough. Kale McCarr is a fucking defensive weapon. Um, there is so much fucking cool to watch on that uh, on that team. I got Tampa before the start of uh, this previous series against the Bruins. I think at plus four fifty. Wow, that's a Whoa. great bet. <laughs> I yeah. uh, I live bet the Bruins or I live bet the Lightning when they were down one nothing in the series. So I took the adjusted series price and I bet on them to either win or four seven. So they was them minus whatever plus a game and a half on the series spread, and that was a good bet for me because, I mean, obviously they rolled them in the next four, but that's the one thing Scott Hastings has been saying. Like, even in the next round, if Tampa's going up against, you know, whether it's Philly or the Islanders, if Tampa drops game one, they're probably going to get pretty close to even money again on the series, and that's where you Mm -hmm. just hammer them. Like, that might be the spot to wait on Tampa is, I don't think their odds are unless they sweep the next series, but if that series is like 2-2, 
or maybe they're even down to one. I bet you you see their Stanley Cup odds go back to like plus two fifty. That's interesting. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna get some money in so I can get the yeah, betting yeah. going. Get back in the game, bro. Can um, I ask a question as I play the play the role of the guy who's just turning on TSN every once in a while for about five minutes? Since this is a weird year and they're having playoffs right now in September, and I saw a trade last night in hockey yeah. with Jake Allen, what's the like? Like, could two teams in the playoffs make a trade right now if they wanted to? Yeah, but no. the player you can you can make a trade, but the player you acquire can't go back on your playoff roster. So if the Avalanche oh. would have acquired Jake Allen, he he can't be on their playoff roster. The trade deadline no, okay. in in hockey is just a deadline if you want that player on your team come playoffs. So teams are free to make trades right now if they're out, even if they're in it, but they just have to know that that player isn't going to be able to join their roster until the next season. I just thought that was so curious to see a trade during the playoffs, even though it's you know obviously a very weird year. I thought that was weird. Yeah, and I think I think we're actually going to see a few more here, like before the Stanley Cup's over, just because the off season gets started so quick after these playoffs are over, right? Like if the Stanley Cup isn't going to be handed out until like what September twenty fifth, twenty sixth, the draft is on yeah. like October sixth. It's like ten days later. I know some years <laughs> it's like that as well, but it's a quick turnaround to the draft, quick turnaround to free agency. And then a quick turnaround to next year as well. Crazy. This is going to be a fun, fun winter. It's going to be fun winter for a lot of different reasons. Yeah. Coming up with like, with all the guys that I'm starting to get, uh, now that I'm back and I'm getting back into the swing of things, I realized that like fantasy football is starting up here right away. Well, that's where I wanted to go next. We're going to start up our uh, nation real life fantasy football league again. John C., Electronic Jordan, Ian, Ryan, Brad Stepanko's in there, Nation Dan's in there as well. Um, we're going to start that up. For me, Like I have three drafts, including my big money one, coming up on Sunday. Um, uh, to me, the hype hasn't been there around the NFL. Like Last year, I was studying podcasts religiously. I was reading every piece of fantasy football info I could get. And this year, it's just kind of like, oh shit, the season starts in a week. And I don't know if it's just because we like usually the lead up to the NFL season is the quietest time in sports, right? Because there's nothing else going on. And maybe hockey and basketball have just been that distraction for me. But I am not as hyped for fantasy football as I have been in the past. No, and you know what I think it is? I think it might have something to do with the fact that they, as they're still trying to figure out, like, they haven't released anything about how they're going to do it. Still don't know, if as a, as a season ticket holder for the Arizona Cardinals, I still do not know if we have to pay for our tickets, if they're allowing fans, what the hell we're going to do with our tickets. If they only allow, like, 20% of the stadium... Who's going to buy our tickets? We rely on at least half the game selling because we go to half of them. But, like, it's it's like all up in the air. And I think that what, in my opinion, what they might be trying to do is keep quiet so that you know people aren't asking them hard questions. Sports reporters have other things to worry about right now. So they don't, you know, they don't have to delve deep because they might ask them questions. They just simply don't have answers to. And that would be a really big red flag for you, the NFL. You're an Arizona Cardinals season seat holder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've been for about seven seven years. How many games a year do you personally go to? I personally go to one. Oh, okay. Almost every year. Yeah, and then we go on our football trip. But I'm, I'm, I, what I do is we have four tickets, and it's me, my brother, my father, and my brother-in-law. And so, really, when you own season tickets to the Arizona Cardinals, yeah. it's eight tickets. Like, it's eight games, right? It's, it's, it's four tickets per game. It's really not that much, you know? Yeah. And so... Each of us go to a game, plus my dad goes to like, you know, usually two or three because he's there for the majority of the winter. And so we usually rely on going to like four, five, or six games at the most where we use all of our tickets and allow the other two games, usually like some of the high profit games, stuff when like the New York Giants come or the Green Bay Packers come or the Chicago Bears, those tickets usually sell for like two to three times the face value that we paid. And that puts a big uh, amount of you know profit into the well, revenue into the account and pays for like half the season. So we're paying for half the season. We're paying less to go to the games when we're there. And uh, yeah, it was all we did it all when the seat when when the stadium opened up. The very first year the stadium opened up, we did it mostly to get in the lottery for Super Bowl tickets because we knew that that stadium was going to get a Super Bowl at least twice in like the next four years after it was open, yeah. right? So it just, that was, they told us that was the way to get into the lottery for Super Bowl tickets. So we did it. And then we just realized that, you know, 
it wasn't that much money out of our pockets every year. We were utilizing them, and uh, so we kept them. You're a modern so day right scalper. Like, yeah, we're like right on the 40th yard line at about 13 rows up on the uh, Cardinal side. It's pretty fun. So it, whenever we're allowed to travel again, if I'm down in Arizona and I want to catch a game, you're my hookup? You're my tic- Arizona I'm your ticket hookup. guy? 100%. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And, and they're uh, like, the secondary market is, is, is hardcore for tickets. Like where our tickets have a face value of like around $124 a ticket. They usually on average sell for 190 to 240. And so, you know, anytime somebody goes, they just give me face, you know, what, whatever faces. And some of the tickets are like, say 119. And then some of them say like 130, but they all average to about 124, I'd say a game. Right. So, so, yeah. And that area is cool as fuck. Yeah. Well, it's the best. It's so you know, there's there's like so many good things about it, but there's one really bad thing about it, and that is getting in and out and going anywhere. You're half an hour to forty minutes coming in or leaving. But once you're in there, it has everything you want, right? Like, and it has so many bars that they're they're never totally full, right? Like you can always get a seat. There's so much stuff going on in the grass lot. Yeah, there's a ton of atmosphere around there. But then, if you're getting an Uber out of there, buddy, if you're trying to get back to, like, even just the closest, like, pub or, like, nightclub outside of that area, 25, 30 minutes max, or minimum, until you get there. You and that's it. a buzzkill when you got to pee after a football game. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Bring a bottle. <laughs> well, yeah, bottle's usually gone by then. Fair enough. Um, all right. <laughs> few other things I want to touch on. First off, we did do our uh, Oilers Nation podcast and friends fantasy hockey pool this year. And uh, at the beginning, I mean, Wanye was up near the top. Chalmers, you were up near the top for a little bit. And it was me and bagged milk down at the bottom. Well, how the turntables here. Uh, Chalmers, you're now in last. And, uh, the turntable? Yeah, that's... Uh, the Tyler's on the ones and twos. Yeah, the turntables. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's from the office. Michael Scott says that. Oh, he goes, oh, oh the turntables. Wanye's uh, in second last as well. He's barely above you. So that's an interesting race for last. I don't know how many more players you even have left, though. Um, I actually think you only... I, Chalmers, I think you're done. I think you have no more players left. So I get the email every every day saying what rank I'm in, and I just delete it, and I don't even go look. Uh, yeah, I reported it spam. <laughs> yeah. And then up near the top, yeah, fucking Kyler Mimamoto's in first place. So we got to do something about that. Got to find a way to take oh, him fuck. out of there. Um, he, he, you know, he talks like he knows things, and now he's actually doing things I like know. he knows things. Uh, Nation Dan is in second place. Danalytic, he's uh, eight points back of Mimamoto. And then there I am. I was last place after the qualifying round, but I'm up in third now. Uh, Bag Milk, you're in an interesting spot, too. You're tied for 12th. You're sort of right in the middle. You're right around. You're tied with Surveyor Brett, actually, as well. Um, Jay, I'm trying to figure out where, oh, there, you're in 20th right now, Jay, so. Yeah, uh, well, are the Oilers still in it? No. No? Oh, well, then I'm going to the deadline. <laughs> uh, <but laughs> no, you can't be, because I've already locked that up, buddy. Our friend Jordan Buhat's in the top five as well. Brad Stepanko is in fifth. So, uh, that's the, the update on the Nation Hockey Bowl. I'm going to keep updating you guys on it as long as I'm in contention. So, uh, <laughs> get used to that. We're also going to have our updates on the Nation Fantasy Football pool which will be a lot of fun as it always is all right um should let everyone know this podcast brought to you by not just japa but by oodle noodle as well still doing great stuff still putting out those hilarious videos that are for a good cause i should add because 10 percent of all in-store proceeds go towards a local charity every week it's part of the reason we love oodle noodle they do great stuff but they also make delicious nudes jay who's the charity this week it is Pass the Parkland Performing Arts Support Society. So you'll see this week we did a video. Uh, we went to their studio in Stony Plain, and I taught Taylor how to break dance. Uh, and I have <laughs> video footage to prove and support that. So check out the video. Uh, cool local cause out there. Uh, they're doing great things. And thank you, everyone, for supporting Little Little. And let me just say some of the Photoshops that we've been getting, uh, those are fucking hilarious. Was it Dangerous Wade who made those? Oh yeah, yeah. dangerous way he put him into Street Fighter. That one's my favorite. I was reeling I was reeling from that for like two days. Like so fucking cool. Yeah, that was fucking hilarious. Um good good work on the photoshops, everyone. Make uh, if you send them over, we'll post them up on the Instagram. 
Okay, I really want to do this because we're already about 40 minutes deep into this week's episode and we have not talked any Big Brother. Um, okay, so I'm all caught up. I came home today, quickly crushed the episode before we started recording. Uh, Good man. Yep, that's the way I do it now. Uh, always caught up. Okay, I, where do, I'll, I'll, I'm going to just take the, I'm going to have the first take on this. I cannot stand David, man. Like, this dude is just a, he's a fucking, he can't play with them. And they, <laughs> the cat, like, everyone else gives him no respect. Everyone's always like, rookie, fucking rookie. He's making rookie moves. And he is. Like, I know what they were kind of trying to do with the redemption story of him being first out. But he is he is, an, he is an East Coast hockey player trying to cut it in the NHL right now. Like, it's fucking laughable, man. He's so bad at this game. It's you know, self-sabotaging that he does. Yeah. He, thinks, yeah. he thinks he's so smart and so above everyone and on how he thinks the game. And then he just makes mistake after mistake. It is unreal. His whole game was basically immortalized in that one scene that you saw where he walks in and they're talking about the rogue vote and he acts like the weirdest person possible. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> and they're all laughing at him and he's just like, whoa, why are you asking? What do you, uh, and he's being so weird. And finally Kevin just goes, I can't with this guy and just like wants to walk out. That right there showed me exactly what he's like the whole game. He has no idea how to play. He thinks that you're not supposed to ask questions about the vote. Like what game do you think you're playing here? You have to have, like, if you know somebody's going to ask you, you have to have answers ready. You can't act like you're being, you know, cornered. Like, he wasn't being cornered. He walked into a room, and they asked about a vote that just happened. He's like, I don't think it's right that you put me on a spotlight in front of all these people. I'm like, that's what Big Brother is, buddy. Yeah, but, then, but then it's the, the information that he will volunteer, though. He'll guard yeah. the shit that doesn't even hurt him, but then the stuff he does, the he'll just give it away. Uh, him burying Tyler to, De- to De- Avon and oh, Bailey fuck. was just unbelievably insane. Like, you have one friend in the house, one guy looking after you, and you, like, just gave it up easy and then told him you were cornered. It's crazy, man. I, that guy just, yeah, he's not cut out to be in that game. But um, I, we haven't gotten to talk about the cast. I'm sure you guys have talked about the cast. I personally think it's a great cast. Yeah. I like almost everybody on there for a different reason. You know, Janelle's one of those people you love to hate. I liked her. I thought she was great this season. The the dynamic between having her and uh, uh, Kaser in the house together again for like the third time. I mean, that was super unfair to both of them. I'm sure you guys talked about this, and I'm probably, again, sounding like a broken No, we haven't really talked gone. on that too much. Well, they got but, targeted and picked off. And that, what, I, what I don't like is the new school picking off the old school just like that. Like, it kind of takes the fun away from me. So the cast actually pissing me off. Um, just because like that was like the immediate kind of move that they did, which for me, I wanted to see the legend Janelle kind of play the game a little bit. And we only got a little bit of a taste, but the thing she of Rubio, what's that? Yeah. No, I mean, I think she can't play it like the way she used to though. That's the problem. The old school way of playing it. Yeah. If you've not noticed every year, it's getting softer and softer. There's less house blowups. There's less house meetings. There's less confrontation. It's a byproduct of the, the way society is going and the people that are going into the house. Nobody wants to make waves. It's too risky these days, right? And so you see this less confrontation. Janelle thrived on confrontation. She used confrontation as a weapon for her. And like, it's hard for her just to create that in a house with people who just not willing to have that confrontation mm-hmm. with you, right? Like the one big blow up, if you think about from last year was Tyler and um, Bailey. Bailey. And Bailey, right? And they wouldn't have that again this year. Like, do you think we'll see a huge blow up? We haven't seen one yet. I do. I think we're still. I think we're still early. I and think, who I do you think it's going to be? It's going to be between like Memphis and somebody in the like Danny and Memphis or something, right? No, because I think it could school. be. I think that there's some tension brewing between Tyler and Devon and Bailey, and I think that shit's going to hit the fan at some point here. Which it's so funny because the 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 I don't even know how to say this, but like he was all for kind of what they were all about. You know what I mean? Coming in the house, three African-Americans sticking together, trying to, because the show has notoriously not had African-Americans go very far in the game. And they wanted to make that a thing. And Tyler was all for it behind the scenes. Wait, are you talking to David or Tyler? No, Tyler. Oh, Tyler. Yeah. yeah, Tyler supported him. To help David, right? To help David. And he never publicized it to Davon and Bailey. And so, 
for the one guy that was kind of so pro movement with them that he was going to help David, even though he knew David probably wasn't worth the help. He's now going to get, if tensions are brewing with them, that he's going to get in a fight with them. It just is it's ironic. Because of David. David, David yeah. ruined it for him. David, David blew it up. up. David is finding new and creative ways to shoot himself in the foot. Every, every episode, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. And I want to be like, okay, here comes like even Chalmers. I know you didn't watch the veto competition last night, but even like, I'm thinking like, okay, today's the day. Maybe he starts to do something. Maybe he wins something. And then he just fails again and again. And then he keeps like, he blows people's secrets. He's ruining alliances. He can't keep his mouth shut. But like Jay said, he's keeping a tight lip over things that don't matter. It's just like, I don't get it, man. I, I like, I want that dude to do something, mm-hmm. but I just don't think he can. There was a part of me that was rooting for him in that yeah. in that um, um, head of household, the game where he had to roll the ball, and uh, the fact that he got so close and still couldn't make it. I was just like. Okay, this guy's never going to win anything. I really needed Kaser to win that one. Uh, I really needed Kaser to win that one. You know what? Here's the thing. I wanted to. I I like Kaser. I love Kaser, but he keeps talking about such a big game. He's going to do all this stuff, and he hasn't done anything. Yeah, that is true. That is 100 percent true. I it's like, very true. Like, like he's saying he's like this like this new with David pulling himself off the block. He's going to have a chance, and he's going to pull some shit. Like I want to believe him, but I've been drinking the Kool Aid. So far, and I, you know me, I love my Kool Aid, but it ain't, it ain't performing. Well, I agree with you, man. He's a hell of a salesman, isn't yeah. he? Oh, I when he's in the when he's a DR and he's talking plans and schemes and this is what I'm gonna do. I buy in immediately. It's like it's like Al Pacino in uh, any given Sunday. That speech, I'm ready to go. I'm like, all right, Kaser, let's do this, buddy. And then I just did. You know, oh, doesn't, so this doesn't is his last chance to try to win us over. So, I was with Danny you. last night. I was I Danny you. walking in and blowing the cover when she came into, <laughs> into the HOH with awkward. Tyler and Nicole were there. And he's like, yeah, I just barely want to meet. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's putting, I like Danny, how she pokes the bear. She pokes the bear, pokes the bear. But she's putting an unnecessarily large target on herself right now. Oh, yeah. She's done too much. She's, she's done too yeah, much. You, you had just said like some, yeah, that, that David was shooting himself in the foot. Danny, with those rogue votes, like she's becoming her own worst enemy right now, and I, I don't I, I like to analyze the the things that you see in the back in the back screen, you know, like and her and Cody they're spending a lot of time together. I, they're becoming friends, they're becoming close, and they're probably each other's like number one in the house in some points. E- even though like Cody's still got Tyler as his number one and stuff yeah, like yeah. that, but they're becoming close. And how in the hell did she think that he wasn't gonna? Like know that it was her that threw that rogue vote that threw the vote. Well, she got yeah. somebody else to do it. Like when she didn't just say, "Yeah, it was me," and this is what I'm trying to do, and be honest with him. That's going to have implications if yep. he ever finds out. And yep. well, he knows that, because yeah, he, she he approached him. He saying, knows. I know he vote. knows because before the vote, she's like, "We should throw dummy votes." Or they, I don't know why they call them hinky votes, but we should throw hinky votes. And uh, he's like, "No," and then it happened. And she's now denying it and trying to come after him for it. Like it's yeah. a horrific look. See, I like the idea that she threw those that rogue vote in there, but I would have taken that to my grave. I wouldn't have told anybody about it. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, maybe I'm bad at Big Brother, but I just wouldn't have done that. You're like sitting pretty. You've got strong alliances with you. What's the point? Like, what is the point? These people are bigger targets than you right now. Yeah, and she's all she, too hard. all that's happened for, since the moment she did that vote. And you're seeing a lot more of her trying to talk people in, almost kind of like strong arming them in the way to think. And and ever since that moment, her target has just become bigger and bigger and bigger. When she was one of the people that could have probably sat back with Nicole and just been like, "We don't have to do anything. We're good for a bit." You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah a lot and that's of people why, that are going to leave first. Chalmers, that's why I think that we are going to see some blowups coming here soon because. People are playing too hard when they don't need to. And I think that there's going to be some fractures in the alliances and they're going to start yelling at each other. I just, I feel like they're playing, a lot of people are playing too hard when they don't have to. Can you answer me a question that I just thought about? When they get kicked out and they've clearly all been in quarantine for 14 days before even starting this big brother, 
why do they have to wear a mask when they get, get out? I think it's just I a don't get it either. thing. The whole idea of wearing, it has to be, the whole idea of wearing a mask is that you're protecting other people from you. Well, the people in that house, other than people who were tested for COVID and literally just got a negative result, are the safest people in the world. So what the hell is going on, right? It doesn't make any sense. I don't get it. I agree. It's got to be optics, don't you think? It is. Yeah, it's to send the message of word to wear a mask. That's all. And that's fine. Okay, it's fine. Shouldn't Julie be wearing a mask then? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, go go the whole way or go the other, like, yeah. don't go. You know what that's I mean? Fair. Just, that's fair. I don't know. Uh, There's a lot of stuff like that. I mean, I'm all for wearing masks and I'm, and I like, I kind of look, kind of look at people with a side eye now when I'm walking through Home Depot and somebody doesn't have one on. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, that's just, if you're doing it like that, I look at that scenario where she's got a mask on, she doesn't. This is the one that's been going back to her house every day and then coming to the studio once a week. And this is the other person that's been in quarantine for basically a month. And the one in quarantine is wearing the mask and the other one's not. I don't get it. Very puzzling. But, but I don't know. Um, the last thing Whatever, I wanted to say we, when it comes to Big it. Brother, um, <laughs> yeah. okay, I feel like they're, and maybe they just haven't shown this, and maybe they are talking more on like the live feeds or when, you know, or stuff they're not showing on the main broadcast, but I feel like Tyler, Enzo, and Cody are like this dynamic trio who are, who could run the game, but they almost don't think they're a trio yet, but they all have each other's backs. Like, it's a weird alliance that they haven't like sat down and officially like stamped as like the three of us are working together. They're in like so that slick if, six or whatever, but the three of them could run this whole game if they just decided to be like, hey, let's run this whole game. And where I think Kaser's big mistake is, is he kind of knows they're all working together. He should be going to them being like, I'm a free agent. Keep, bring me in. Make me the fourth of this group. I think he, should be, he should be outing those three. No, he should call a house meeting and he should out those three to the yes. other half and say, yes. keep me here and let's get these guys out. Yes. Drama. The dot connecting that's not happening between that trio is that Enzo and Cody are main boys, and then Tyler and Cody are main boys. But I don't think they've made the connection that that kind of makes Tyler and Enzo main boys. Yeah, you know, yeah that's what I'm saying. That, yeah. Does that make sense? And, and you know what? Said all this, I love the meow meow. I, got, I was just going to say, Jay, you said as soon as this season started that Enzo was going to be – because I didn't know who he was. I didn't watch his season from back in the day. And you said that everybody was going to love Enzo. And this dude makes me laugh nonstop. All the time. Love the meow meow. But he talks to the game. He wins HOH. He's like, no, like, I, I, like I'm going to make waves. I'm going to make moves. You know, I'm going to take a shot. And then, like, <laughs> does exactly. Like, he always talks so big. And, like, and everything's like a – he talks like he's in a mob movie, right? Yeah. Like, it's the best. And oh, He's so entertaining. And it makes him grandiose. And then he, and then he puts – those two up and he's like oh i'm doing this because that's what the house wants was he good the first time he played remember he was was in the brigade right so he was kind of just like a he was a peripheral member of the brigade because they got that matt guy out first and enzo was kind of he he was the next lowest on the totem pole because it was wasn't his name lane or lance and then hayden who ended up winning right so he uh looking at his history bb12 he made it to final three oh he did end up going final three there yeah yeah, they did good. They did good picking people that like you kind of remember, but ca- some that you kind of don't like. I when when you, when I when I started to see Enzo again, I was like, oh yeah, okay, I remember this guy. Uh, Memphis, I don't remember Memphis one bit. I think that was like in the couple years that I took off. It's because Dan Giesling dragged him to the final two. Memphis was a non-event, so now in this season he's acting. He realized how quiet and non-impactful he he was. That now he's trying to be loud and brash and tough and strong, um, and he's he, he, trust me, he, he's not far from going out of the house. I think yeah. Memphis is going to go soon. And you know what actually makes me think of this season of All Stars because, I, like I said, I took a long break from Big Brother. I didn't get to see the last time they did an All Stars. I hope that they can work it out eventually to have like a champion season. Yeah, I think be that'd cool. be great. Obviously, a lot of people would need to agree to it, and there's. People yeah. that have real jobs and shit, like Doctor Will Kirby's not going in. He's an actual doctor. Do you know what I mean? What about, but, what about uh, Dick? What about Evil Dick? Oh, I don't oh, think he's he be in come there. back. Oof. I don't. I don't think he'd come back. <laughs> yeah. For but that's whatever. We won't yeah. talk about that. I don't much. think uh, I need to. See I love Brandon again. Evil Dick. 
Yeah, I think I've seen. She she even talks about how she does nothing. (laughs) I know. I could use the season without her. Yeah, probably. I was a little sad that like they didn't get Dan Giesling in this one or Derek, the guy that won that season with Cody there. Like, I I wish they would have gotten a few more. Or my boy Jeff Schroeder or Jordan. Like some more legends now. Like, what about Brendan? Oh, fuck. Remember Brendan? Oh, Brendan and Rachel. Fuck. Brendan and Rachel. And them. Fuck. I did not I like him. him in there. Rachel got it done, though, man. She, she did. Was, she was good. She got it done, and she would drive everyone crazy. But, like, that was entertaining, Big Brother. Mm-hmm. So, question two. No, Cole Franzen and Danny say that they're friends on the outside. Do you think that's from doing the BB circuit? Oh, yeah. Probably, they, yeah. Were, they were never together, hey? No. No. So, you guys, so you, so they, like, when you get out of BB and you basically become, like, like when you finish your when you finish your uh, figure skating, yeah, you come to Edmonton bid, you go and, to the and go to the ranch ten times a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I think it is like a bit of an elite sort of club here. Like you, you when you're in the quote unquote BB fam, like you have those you know champion parties and all that for the winner and shit like that. You think Mike Boogie's still in those? I have no. Oh, he's, a, he's in trouble I, uh, with the law, I believe. Yeah, he's oh, yeah. in trouble with the law, Chalmers. What? Mike? Oh, yeah, that's so- a weird story. So okay, I'll never mind. <laughs> Chilltown. Let's. I'll just say Chilltown's not so Chilltown anymore. Mm-mm. No. Oh, he yeah. did something gross, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. All right. Well. Oh God. I'm. I'm. We took a couple podcasts there without a lot of Big Brother talks. So I'm happy we're getting this all in now. Who's our horses to go on? Who's our horses here? Enzo. Team Tyler. Yeah, Tyler. You have to. Uh, but that's the thing. Like, like everyone should have known them. Like, if yeah, you should vote Tyler out first. Like, yes. Right, like it's it's so fucking like it's so obvious. You watch him come in and like, yes, I like Tyler as a player, and I like him watching competing and like, but like, hello, wake up! But everyone just wants to work with him, and I'm like, oh my god, he's so chill, but man. He, and he's, he's got so that chill. He's got that majestic flow this season as well. I think it's hypnotizing people. He's, he's a well, calm beast. He's it gonna was go very far. telling. It was very telling when he was opening his uh, HOH package, and Janelle was sitting on the couch, and she was talking to somebody else, whispering, and she was just like. Look at him. He's so good at this game. Just look yeah. at him. And just like the way he was acting and the way he was interacting with people, I think he has a real charm to him and like an air where even if you know you shouldn't leave him, you almost feel more safe because you're with him. You know what I mean? As uh, opposed yep. to getting him out. Yeah. I agree. But I'm team I, I'm team Cody, man. I'm ride or die Cody. I fucking love Cody. I don't know what it is about him. Okay. He's my man. I, I, I quiet. Go ahead. Can we talk about Enzo just always sipping a white claw while he's HOA? Oh, yeah, I noticed that too. I noticed that too, and it's the black cherry. I respect it. Oh, fuck. That's oh, yeah. good stuff. Oh, that's, 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 what, that's a boss move. Is, yeah. I is that what they drink in Staten know. Island? Yeah. It's in Jersey. Um, I, I quietly am pulling for, but I don't even know why she fucking volunteered it. Christmas. I think... She's quietly just going to keep kind of staying alive and going forward, and she can win comp. So, and everyone, everyone trusts and likes her, so she could go pretty far too. Yeah, I think she. Could. I'm, uh, I'm Team Tyler, and uh, you know what? I'm quietly like I'm, I'm growing. Ian is really growing. I up. like he's good, man. Yeah, I like Ian too. How can he not? He's a very likable guy. All right. Yeah. I, think, I think we're going to wrap this up a little bit here. Uh, shout out to our friends at Jappa again. Check them out, jappamachinery.com. They are your spot for heavy-duty machinery. They got everything you need. Check them out, jappamachinery.com. Chalmers, it was good to have you back. Like a breath of fresh air be, for the it, pod. It was good to be back, and I can't wait to see how your love life on Where's the Friends is going. That was yeah. one of my favorite things I saw while I was gone, man. That's just that's good stuff. Oh, that's it's, it's good. He's, he's just playing hard to get. Yeah, I'm just playing a little hard to get uh, the old ladies, but um, yeah, we we don't need to dig it. We'll dig into that. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have an update on uh, on Monday's episode here. But uh, that's gonna do it for episode 210 of Nation Real Life, brought to you by Japan Machinery. I'm Tyler Yumchuk for Chalmers J Bag Milk. Thanks for tuning in. We will talk to you again on Monday. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. 